Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This here is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about a horror movie, and we're going to spoil that horror movie. We'll first talk about some recently watched and try not to spoil that. And we are not professional critics, nor do we claim to be. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can uh, buy their music on Amazon or Apple Music, and you can say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And we are your humble hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. Hello. Ziggy. Hi. And Will. Hello. Now, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Sinisters, but first we're going to cover some recently watched. Who wants to go first? I have the fewest. I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Um, I might beat you on that. I might have fewer. <laughs> but go ahead. I've been binge-watching um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Hmm. Um, I saw The Haunting of Hill House when that one came out, and I thought that it was pretty good, but um, I thought that Bly Manor was better. Um, really? Yeah, and it's not just because they're gay, but I also I really liked that one. It, it spooked me more, and it had like a very complex like narrative at the end like they all tied they, it, they tied it together because the episodes allude to a lot of things um or like suggest plot twists i don't want to spoil it i really don't no, it's yeah, like complicated yeah but it's you know like some of the episodes you watch them and you're like that was cool but how does that relate to the rest of it okay um and then it comes together really well at the end um, nice. so okay. i loved that um because i found that uh, uh hill house kind of fell apart by the end hill house felt a lot like the first two conjurings to me and that might be just because i've seen those like prior it's okay what did you conjure <laughs> what was that <laughs> uh, i'm a the, witch the dogs bumping into each other <laughs> sometimes uh, there's a yipe <laughs> um I, I did like Hill House, um, but I think it reminded me a lot of, like, especially Conjuring 2, which is my favorite of the series, um, the one I've seen the most of. So I think that that was maybe just too direct for me. It's that the one was, in London, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then I watched, um, I rewatched The Homeowners. I don't know if any of you have seen that. It's with Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Mm, no. Okay. Uh, story, meh acting okay um but the the best thing and it like it was worth watching just for that the um what is it called when you go to a movie and there's like that like black strip on the top and bottom it's just like how the picture is and then on your tv you can change it you know what i'm talking about you can change like yeah yeah. 
So the movie starts and it's like not there at all, I guess. And as the movie goes, basically it's about these like home invaders that go ahead. So anyway, changes aspect ratio. Yeah, so it's about these home invaders that get trapped in the house. And as the movie goes on, the the borders on the top and bottom get bigger and bigger, so the screen gets smaller. And I didn't fucking realize until like three quarters of the way through, and I was like, has the screen always been that small? Mm. And then I, I dragged squinting? the cursor back, and you can see it like in like fast motion, go like doo and get all like small and it was just really cool and then at the end when they have like a big you know fight flea scene it like slams back up i think i think Hmm. (laughs) um and yeah playing lots of video games at the time i was always um so i thought it was a really cool movie and i watched it and but you know like realizing that was like whoa and i thought that was a really cool thing Hmm. um again could have been a short film would have had the same effect but i thought it was really cool um and yeah, that's about it for me. Well, back to you. Uh, who wants to go next? Y- you better go next, or I, you complain. Oh, okay. I might complain. Believe me, it's never a complaint with me. I love doing this. <laughs> when I said last show, well, when it finally gets around to me, I meant ultimately gets around to me. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not going to let that go, Richard. Yeah. Will, will you guys eventually <laughs> shut up and let me talk about <laughs> how I watched stuff like? More episodes of Squid Game. (laughs) It's pretty addictive, and I'm trying to, like, you know, make sure we pace that out a little bit. But uh, I did watch more episodes of Movies That Made Us. And, um, you know, again, they're they're coming from a perspective of, uh, your average sap isn't going to know this stuff about these here movies. Well, turns out... We all went to IMDb trivia. Yeah, we've all read the trivia. We've all watched the DVD extras of our favorite movies over the years. And, um, yeah, it's not going to blow your mind. It's just kind of fun to watch it, and it's done very lighthearted as far as the tone and the mood of the thing. Uh, Tattoo Redo is a... uh, is a, an interesting uh, series that I decided to start watching on Netflix. And this is people who have like a crappy tattoo and they come to this. It's, it's kind of a, it's not a game show. I don't know what you call it. It's a reality show, whatever. It's a contest. I don't know. Uh, so the person with the crappy tattoo and their friend show up and uh, there's a bunch of different artists and uh, these four or five different artists each get to choose or get paired with somebody who's getting a cover-up done. And some of them, you know, they each specialize in different styles. And they will do a cover-up. And the caveat here is that the friend who brought them, whether it's their spouse, their boyfriend, girlfriend, smizmar, bestie, whatever, uh, is going to choose... Frenemy, your frenemy is going to choose the tattoo cover-up for you, and you don't get to know about it or have any say in it. Oh. Then you put your arm, you know, back, butt, whatever, through this um, partition, and they tattoo you. And then at the end, there's a reveal. Ta-da! That should just be the show right there. <laughs> put your arm in this, and we'll tattoo yeah. you. Yeah. It's like a glory hole for tattooing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for, like, for Halloween... Um, they were going to patch on a new piece of skin from a dodgy source, which we won't go into in detail. Right. That would be a better show. <laughs> this is actually a really good show to watch, though. I mean, it's it's all top-notch work. You know, these, these artists are not uh, slouches whatsoever. 
and uh, we, as far as... You get to see some really bad tattoos, I'm oh, sure. Oh, ahead of time, yes. Yes, they are very bad. Um, this one woman got this crappy thing on her shoulder blade that was sort of a tribal, quote-unquote tribal tattoo, sort of not. Uh, she can't say for sure what it was supposed to be or represent, <laughs> but the reason she got it was because the guy who gave her the tattoo said that he had tattooed Tupac. Uh, and she was a huge fan of Tupac and felt honored to have the same hands that tattooed Tupac tattoo mm. her. It was a very bad tattoo, and it got covered up with something uh, much nicer. Anywho, so uh, as far as uh, feature-length movies, we watched Black Widow, the Scarlett Johansson uh, movie with uh, the guy from Stranger Things. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. The chubby dad. <laughs> and uh, uh, Sinister. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Is, is no, 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 no I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm yeah. No, no, no. You're thinking Ethan Hawke. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking the uh, expert they've been. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But this is um this is definitely worth a watch. It's it's kind of so much action that you get numb to it after a while. I start get kind of sleepy if they just keep, you know, throwing it at you. If they keep throwing fists and feet and cars and bullets and speeding things and you know, I just sort of start to get velocitized by it and it starts to nod off. Oh, I'm going to jump in. I freaking love that movie. Yeah. I was waiting for it to come out, not like the prime version of Disney Plus, you know. Been waiting for like months for that movie to come out. Mm -hmm. And she's my favorite like superhero like, cool. ever. And I love the actress that plays her sister, yeah. um, Florence Pugh. I yeah. love her so much. Um, so yeah, I absolutely loved that movie. Yeah, the, um, have some critiques, obviously, but well, sure. But as far as like Marvel movies go, and like female superheroes too, I think that they did a really good job. Yeah. Um, and the aesthetics of it, like some of the shots are beautiful. Like, um, I guess like a gimmick. This isn't really a spoiler. A gimmick that they they do like the main thing of like the supervillain, I guess, is that it can like mimic another person's movements exactly. So a lot of the fight scenes are just like absolutely gorgeous and like. Um, no, what is the word? Choreography is just yeah. terrific. It's great, and they like reflect each other, and it's it's so good. Mm, yeah, I really like that movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. I think um, I think most people who want some action movie in their life, uh, this is a great choice. Mm. And uh, I know very little about the characters or what they have done, want to do, will do. Um, well, she's dead, so oh, okay. she doesn't get to... Did you watch like the scene at the end? Big fat spoiler. Yeah, you, no, <laughs> for the you, event for well, the you, MCU, yeah, of course in it is. Avengers Endgame, Infinity she, War, she Endgame, she's oh, okay. dead. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, that's something... But there. her sister might get... They alluded to it in the um, the like mini scene that they put at the end of the credits in every Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. um, they alluded to her having more content in um, another... Another upcoming Marvel show, the the Hawkeye one, where he has like oh, cool. an apprentice girl. And so, may, and maybe she'll she will be that. Yeah, maybe. Could be. You never know. It's Marvel. They're gonna make some choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's it for me. Who wants to go next? Uh, I didn't have anything. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Uh, so. I've been carrying on my mummy thon. Oh yeah. If you're not bored of mummies, she's <laughs> she's crying. She's like. <laughs> What is this person's life like? <laughs> um, it, it's terrible. <laughs> so I watched uh, an old favourite from childhood, Carry On Screaming, 1966. Uh, Carry On was a series of like, do you know Pento, Pantomime? Mm. Oh, It's maybe. like Christmas time 
thing in Britain. Uh, I don't know how old it is, but um, you'll take a standard story, but it's just filled with ribald humour. There's lots of stuff that's aimed at the adults in the audience. Mm. There's lots of like audience participation things for the kids. Okay. Lots of bad jokes, puns, and stuff. But there's always like rude stuff that goes to the parents as well. And the Carry On <laughs> series is like very much like that. And so uh, each movie is a parody of a different thing. So Carry On Screaming is a parody of Hammer movies, basically. Okay. You've got a mummy in there called uh, Rubber Titi. Um, you've got like. Uh, <laughs> Exactly, that's what it is. Um, so you've you've got the uh, the Watt family. Um, so one one's played by uh, Kenneth Williams. He, he's Doctor Watt, and uh, he's he's trying to bring Rubber TT back to life. And he's also uh, he's having he's got these cup he's got this like a uh, uh, like hominid henchman called Odd Bod, who's this uh, Homo Giganticus. It turns out, but anyway, he, he's this kind of combination of Frankenstein monster and Wolfman that he sends out into the forests where young couples are making out and then he'll uh, he'll bring back the woman and then they'll she ends up being turned into a, a, a mannequin and, and put in the local tailoring shops huh. so it's kind of a bit of wax museum in there as well okay. right. um, but anyway there's uh, the boyfriend of one of the women who gets taken and the local detectives start investigating the case uh and uh it, it, it so it's um i i just i just love this movie but anyway uh it's, it's got some actual good uh horror scenes in it like there's this good bit where uh odd body he, he uh he uh our regeneration causes people to become brittle so bits fall off <laughs> so he, he leaves bits of himself at various crime scenes like at one point he, he leaves his his um of course his, his middle finger um, and uh, the, the, uh, this uh, uh, police scientist played by John Pertwee gets the finger and, and runs electricity through it and then it regenerates into another oddbod which they end up calling oddbod junior and uh, he, he's even because he's like a, a copy he's even dumber than the other one uh, like he, he doesn't learn how to use doors um, but <laughs> anyway uh, um this is, it's got a great, if you're into like uh, Elvira sort of characters, there's this uh, uh, Valeria Watt, it's played by Fenella Fielding, and uh, she, she's amazing. She like seduces the detective, and, um, but uh, yeah, she, she's really funny as well. But anyway, I, I love this movie, um, and I've, I rewatched uh, Orgy of the Dead, which is another favourite. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Orgy of the Dead with a packed-out audience at the Scala Cinema in London during a Edward Festival, and the director was there. And uh, the Scala Cinema was in King's Cross, which is one of the big red-light districts. And you got, like, uh, you got the, the film nuts, uh, various freaks, uh, the goths, the punks. Uh, you know, this is, this is back to circa 1990. Yeah. Um, and then the, the back rows would be a different kind of action um, <laughs> but anyway um it, it, the the audience was just hysterical throughout just like back and forth with what was going on on the screen this is written by edward jr so every line is just gold yes um, every line is gold yes uh, yeah, including the line gold more gold um but anyway uh yeah that's another good one um and and then uh, going to the bottom of the barrel, 
The Mummy and the Curse of the Weirjackal. <laughs> if you're into <laughs> weird creature mummy crossover movies, as, as I know you are. Oh, yeah, Who for sure. Um, so The Mummy and the Curse of the Weirjackal, this is made in 68 or 9, and it didn't actually come out until 1986 because they ran out of money. Wow. Apparently, it was made in Las Vegas. So you can imagine where some of the money was coming from. And uh, so they didn't actually finish it. And then uh, when the video home video market started up and they were just looking around for anything to put out on video, here it was. Oh, um, lucky us. It's, it's really terrible. Um, it's, uh, it's this guy. He's, he happens to be an Egyptologist and he comes across these two mummies because a plane crashes nearby and there's these two sarcophagi in it. One of them has got this... Uh, uh, it's a glass sarcophagus and it's got this belly dancer woman in it and then the other sarcophagus has got a, a mummy in it a, a male mummy and um anyway um we can only guess what's going to happen <laughs> he, he's also somehow found out that if you stay locked in on the night of f- full moon with the mummies then you turn into a weird jackal which he does why he wants to do this i don't know and uh, so he he runs out and kills a couple of cops. Um, there it is. There's That's your, why he <laughs> there's your motivation. Him, the, yeah. uh, the woman gets uh, reawakened and uh, he takes her shopping and helps her buy bras. The mummy... What a helpful so nice. mummy. The male mummy starts rampaging around looking for her and he stumbles into a uh, Las Vegas strip show where people are dressed as, like sort of mock Egyptian costume and he clobbers them and it all ends up in this uh, fight between the weirjackal and the male mummy in a lake um, I'm making it sound much better than it actually is <laughs> I'm picturing something I totally want to see yeah it's, got, it's, it's not that no uh, so. not in good condition it's kind of a squeezed videotape uh, that's all that exists of it. That's too uh, bad. John Carradine turns up in it, as you might, you know. You, oh, you, no surprise. Really? <laughs> wow, John Carradine. Was he really in it, or did they just have he, some footage? He was. He he came in. They flew him in, and they didn't have um, they didn't Any have a script for him. Said no. And uh, so he had to. So they had to do a new script for him, which he learned and did in one take, and then he was off. Good for him. He was a pro. Yeah, he was. So yeah. Wow, uh, the curse of the weirjackal. The mummy and the curse of the weirjackal. The mummy and the curse of the weirjackal. Yeah, we want don't to be... watch just the curse of the weirjackal. <laughs> yeah, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> this is back in the day, um, up until 2015. You know Anubis. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen cat people. There's yes. a statue of Anubis. Yes. Big pointy-eared thing. People said he was a jackal head god. Yeah. And uh, but they did some carbon dating on some of the animals in the tombs and they're actually there's an egyptian wolf really so he's a, he's now considered to be a wolf, wolf interesting man. but when this movie was made they thought it was a jackal so he's a weird jackal so the carbon dating proved that it was from a time when there weren't jackals yet but there were still wolves i can't remember the details of it but they i think there is on some animal mummy that was in the tombs that okay. was described as Anubis, and it, it turned wolf. out to be an Egyptian wolf. It's an Egyptian golden wolf, hmm. which huh. would have been around at the time. 
Hmm, that's super interesting. Um, Remember when the Anubis statue was out at the DIA? Oh. No. No? Oh, no. That was great. When was this? Uh, ten years ago, maybe. It sure wasn't longer than that. No. No, no. I've been in Denver uh, 16, 17 years. It was here years. when you were here. Was, okay. he, was he God of the Lizardmen that lived below the airport? I don't know what he was doing out there, but there was a giant Anubis statue hmm. that you saw when you went into the airport. Huh. It was like, Just hmm. remember the Mustang. It was a, yeah, it he was, was a, near the Mustang. It was a placeholder until they finished Blucifer? No, Blucifer was there too. Okay. Listeners who don't know what we're talking about, look up Blucifer. Denver International Airport. Yeah. It's, and Do you know all the stories of the Denver International Airport? The horse? Yeah. So, so all the conspiracy theories and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that they removed an insane amount of dirt from there, which would indicate that there's much more than just a tunnel system under it. Like there are maybe several stories of sub-basements. Yeah. The, like, conspiracy theories about what's under the Denver mm-hmm. Airport. Mm-hmm. Lizard people. Lizard people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. What else you got? That's it. That's it? Ziggy, did you go already? I did. It's been so long I forgot. No. Is that it then? I'll go again. You want to go again? (laughs) Did you watch some Star Treks? (laughs) I I watched some Sex Education. What's what's that? That's a series on Netflix. It's the third series. Oh, okay. I think they're getting ready to wrap it up. Uh, The kids who are teenagers are starting to look a little long in the tooth. <laughs> you know, uh, we joke that the lead uh, young lady who, who plays the, uh, one of the leads is actually 27, and it's still in high school. Because yep. in Britain, if you don't pass, you keep going. That was what we decided. Oh, they send you to work up the chimneys. Yeah, that's what really happens. <laughs> they turn you into a sweep. Oh, interesting. Um, well, with that being our recently watched, uh, we're going to talk about some Sinisters. Ziggy, you wanted us to watch some Sinisters. I did. I really love these movies. I think mostly because, like... Ethan Hawke. I love Ethan Hawke. Oh, my gosh. I know gosh. you do. I know you do. Um, no, but because... Um, I don't do well with ghosts, first of all, and, like, demon things. And that, like, Too largely... Scary? I just... Um, well, you don't No, they them. don't, like... I mean, I do a bit, but they don't confine themselves to like normal like real world circumstances like i know that if i'm being hunted by a killer in my house i could like sit in a corner and face my exits and i'd be like relatively okay for a little bit ghosts just like come through the wall (laughs) and i think that the like that i realized why that's the issue there's one of the conjurings where she has this light thing that like spins different colors and she drops it so it's like going on the wall and it's like green and then blue and then red and it goes again and when it's red there's this big like demon face scared the shit out of me i must left the theater and i like snuck into that movie i was like i'm here now and i was like no i'm not um you had to commit then didn't you (laughs) yeah um but these movies i feel like it's just real enough that i'm like creeped out in like a familiar way and then it's just like ghost jump scare but it's enough balance that I'm not absolutely terrified all the time. No, I, I um, felt like Sinister was pretty shameless with the jump scares. Oh, yeah. And it's not even a jump scare. It's a jump startle. They're just yeah. startling you. And it, I think it works really well because then, you know, they don't do the normal, like, lead up. It's this mm. big extended, like, you're going to be scared at some point. Like, you're going to go, ah. You know, and I think, like, the, the home movies... Um, 
uh, like the different ones, I think. The lawnmower one is like the most mm. famous for being right. so scary. And gory, yeah. Right? Because it's like, and you're right, it's not scary, it's startling. All of a sudden you're like, oh my god, okay. Well, I, I think when they give you that, uh, do they give a name to this um, spooky-faced killer yeah, they call Spectre. him Mr. Boogie or something, Mr. and then Boogie. later he has like an official name. That's like because he's like a cultural demon, something yeah. or other. B- he comes B- from B- Bagul. Bagul, that's what it was. Okay. I remember reading about this Bagul, who I believe was B- the drummer B-Bagool. for uh, Slipknot. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and also perhaps Tommy Wiseau as a zombie. <laughs> I like that. Um, Shall I read a synopsis for Sinister? Because we're going to talk a little bit about Sinister and then Sinister 2. We could have just done a jump to the sequel. Or, I'm sorry, cut to the sequel. We, we used to do that a lot more often. They're both we... really good, though, I think. And they lead into each other well. Like, that's why I like them so much, is because I watched the first and then the second. And I was like, oh, this goes well, together. And there's the thing. is like I, I do have uh, better feelings for the first one than I do for the second one. And uh, that could have something to do with, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke doing the heavy lifting, you know. But uh, I'll, I'll read uh, a synopsis if that helps uh, listeners who maybe went, oh, yeah, I've seen this thing. And they're just going to jump in and join us. Um, I don't like sometimes you, you read the summaries from users on IMDb. Sometimes I don't like their attitudes like this. So uh, this one. <laughs> you like need to check your attitude. <laughs> Yeah, you check that out. Washed, check yourself. Washed up true crime writer Ellison Oswalt. Is he washed up? He's having a little yeah. bit of a struggle, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's only had one hit. He's had a dry spell. He's a one-hit wonder. What he had a hit? I don't know. Well, he's, he's desperate for another hit. That's his motivation. marriage okay, is yeah. failing a bit. He's... So is he washed up or is he struggling? We could Let's call him struggling true crime writer. Okay. Anyway, true crime writer uh, Ellison Oswalt has moved his family which is wife Tracy, 12-year-old son Trevor, and adolescent daughter Ashley to a small town in Pennsylvania so he can be close to the source information for his latest book. Trevor has, in the past, suffered from night terrors, in which, uh, which only increases with this move. Night terrors getting worse. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, their arrival does not sit well with the county sheriff, as Ellison's reputation for placing the work of law enforcement in the cases covered in his previous book in a bad light. So this precedes him. Um, the deputy sheriff, a fan, sees Ellison in, in a different way. He's drawn to the possible fame in secretly helping him. That's the guy who plays Eddie in the new It Chapter 2, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I yes. love him. Yeah, that is him. You know, he's also in Christy. I think you should watch that one, too. I have not seen Christy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Outwardly, the case is uh, that of a missing adolescent girl, Stephanie Stevenson, uh, which um, Ellison has told Tracy or the kids that uh, Stephanie's only the tip of the iceberg. The case also involves murders of her immediate family members by hanging in their backyard, and that the Stevenson home is one in which they have just moved. Surprise! We're living in the murder house. Yeah, she, she asks him at one Yay. point, are we living in the murder house? Are we living near a murder house and he goes no, no we're not <laughs> now that see that that's what this ex-girlfriend of mine used to call lie of omission <laughs> whatever <laughs> so uh let's see where do we leave off um yeah lie of omission okay you can call it that in the attic of a house ellison discovers a box of super eight home movies and supporting equipment naturally um yeah, wouldn't it be great if it was everything except for the bulb and the thing is burned out and <laughs> 
everything works, but you know you can't light it up. And a scorpion. There's a scorpion in that box. And what the hell's a scorpion? Yeah, where they're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yes. And yes. the snakes keep popping up. I yeah. don't know what that like. Pennsylvania theme is. known for just being riddled with scorpions, right? I thought it might have like tied Maybe. into like the history of the demon. It doesn't because mm, they talk no. about it briefly, and I don't think he's like you know what scorpions and snakes are like there. Yeah. Um, let's see, supporting equipment, and he believes this is just the start of what could be career-defining research, uh, which does not uh, include information into the Stevenson murders and possible involvement of occultist forces, uh, which does include, I'm sorry, I said doesn't. It does, as it turns out. Um, it goes in a different direction entirely. Okay. <laughs> yes. And then he just gets bored and wanders off. <clears throat> As Ellison receives aid in his research from the deputy, from Professor Jonas at the local college who specializes in the occult, um, he himself uh, pieces together more and more information from the Super 8 movies. Uh, there may be a line at which he crosses before it's too late for the safety of himself and his family from what is going on. Well, that's not a summary at the end there. Um, well, they, they didn't want to spoil it in oh. this one. Much uh, this, appreciated. This was written by a user named Huggo. Oh, Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. The synopsis will tell you the rest of it. Uh, and I won't read that now. But Sinister, um, I was put off by the, like I said, the jump startles. But other than that, I felt you like... You didn't like them? You weren't, like, on <clears throat> the edge of your seat? Uh, well, I felt like they were cheap shots. I know, I know. That's okay. You can this, have a wrong opinion. That's fine. I'd say, yeah. <laughs> hey, I often do. It's part of my job. You know, I, I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. So um, this one, Ziggy, when did you discover it? This is from oh, 2012. So yeah, a couple years ago. And I watched it. So you were like 15 or 16 when you watched yeah, this? Yeah, it was like right after I got into horror. Because I got into horror only a couple years ago. And then I like went hard. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, I remember, I specifically remember your parents being like, we're not sure she's ready to watch Star Wars yet. And <laughs> I just had to shut up for a second and go, okay, breathe. Don't. Like, but all I she's wanted to 15. say was, what the hell are you talking What? You get, how come, what? <laughs> what was in Star Wars that, that was? Robots. I don't know. The Ewoks are pretty scary. Mm. Several uh, people who are in Hammer movies. Oh, that's true. That's true. Very scary Hammer actors. Um, no, seriously, in the in the first Star Wars movie, which is called Star Wars, it's not called A New Hope. It's called Star Wars. Everyone from nineteen seventy seven. Uh, was there anything in it that traumatized you when, you when you finally watched it? I don't think so. Honestly, they all blur together for me. I know that. That's why I you used said Ewoks because be... there are none in the first movie. No, it's the second one with the third Ewoks, one. and that's my favorite one. Yeah, third, so that's why I went third to the one, one. Right? No. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, no, matter. there's the one with, there's, It literally does not matter. I've learned about Star Wars over the years. It literally does not matter. Okay, well, the Ewoks are my favorite. That's my favorite movie. And hey, it's defined right. by the Ewoks. You love teddy bears. Uh-huh. And then there, there was one thing that spooked me, I think. Um... And I don't, I don't honestly remember anymore, but they have, like, a hand lightning battle. And it was creepy. The lightsabers? No, no, no. It's not lightsabers. That it's the, it's the, the, the bald the guy. As well. It's the bald guy. Same as and he's Ewoks. got like red lightning. And I was like, oh. Shooting lightnings, that's scary lightning shit. balls from his palms. Yeah. yeah, that's the second movie. Okay, that yeah. one. That one was a little. Third movie. Okay, Julian just corrected me. Third that's movie. That's the one I like. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. You, you like Return of the Jedi. Okay. Well, okay. 
So let's be clear, right. though. There was nothing traumatizing in the first Star Wars movie. It's no. a big skeleton. <laughs> There's a gold skeleton. There's a bit of brother and sister action. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very scary. Yeah. There's that thing in the trash compactor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fairly scary. I remember the freaking Yeah, that yeah, could that scare the hell out of a four-year-old. I, saw, I think I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars. <laughs> oh, so you're watching yeah. Star Wars. And I think that says a lot about the kind of content that I like now. Right. Yeah, you're watching that one going... You, then when you watch Star Wars, you're like, this is just a big Spaceballs ripoff. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's like, growing up, I would always read the Mad Magazine mm-hmm. spoofs, but oh, yeah. never see the movie. Oh, yeah. Maybe years later. Yeah, the Exorcist, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they had everything. They did all of them. They did, like, Death Wish, Jaws, all that stuff. Yeah, like, I was a kid watching an R-rated movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of funny stuff. So, um... You yeah, like you said, you you jumped in head first. Yeah, and then I just watched. I watched a lot of like meh horror movies too, and then every once in a while there was one that like really stuck out to me, and I think that this one was one of them, um, just because it did really scare me. And I also I thought that it was like a really well filmed movie. I really they open with that um, family hanging, and it sets the tone for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it's also a really pretty scene, and I was like, this feels bad, but it's like bright green teal yeah it's, and it's all shot in super eight isn't it it's so good yeah and i really i i do like the the film within a film business it has a good plot twist in my opinion i love the like projector thing that's always spooky and like i think so there's the projector thing with ghosts where there's like a shadow in it and you're like oh my god there's no person there there is though mm. or it's like something in the what's being projected changes they did it in the remake of it um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd say it's comparable to the security light thing in like the most recent Halloween besides Halloween kills and other things when like lights flashing and things are moving, you know, periodically. Um, and I just really liked it in this context. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think also like a lot of my friends have movie projectors and in class things are always projected and I was like, that's fucking scary. <laughs> um, and... And I thought that, like, I think that the story was really well done, too. My biggest issue with horror, I find, is that, like, sometimes I'll really enjoy the, the scares. But if it doesn't have, like, a like a story or a message or something, I'm just kind of like, but there needs to be more. And I feel yeah. like this one did that pretty well. Even if it was kind of stupid in the end, I was like, oh, but it meant something, you know? Well, you know, it, at least it was layers. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, like, bad nachos have layers. <laughs> So I'm not saying layers mean yeah. complexity and depth and, you know. Especially The Shining, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but there's more to find out, so yeah. that's good. Keeps so, you guessing. So the big wrap-up on this movie is is that uh, th- this guy is, is becoming part of the story that he's trying to uncover and uh, is, is going to be a victim of that story mm-hmm. and, um, and is watching it unfold on Super 8. Yeah, I think that, um, so, like, the the big reveal, right, is that, like, the trigger for, you, like, you're worried the whole time that they're going to die, mm-hmm. because the kid is seeing the ghosts, and he's watching these tapes, and you know that, you know, he's finding out about the demon situation, and it's so, like, uh-oh, and then they're like, you know what, screw it, let's get out, and you're worried that, like, the car will break down, or they'll be stuck in the house, and they can't get out, and then you find out that the, the trigger for the family's dying is them moving, mm-hmm. and they move. And then it's too late when the guy gets there. 
more or less. Um, and the reveal of, you know, it becoming his family was really good. What is it? She, the daughter puts like Drano in his drink and is like, good night, daddy or whatever. Yeah. She leaves a little note for him Yeah, and he doesn't. He doesn't realize until after he's finished the coffee and there's a green liquid in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that all of those were good. Because in, like, a very, like, you know, cheap, I'm watching a, a spooky movie way, it's like, oh, shit, oh, no, oh, mm-hmm. gosh. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. Things, things have gone too far. Mm-hmm. This is not your typical Hollywood ending, then. Yeah. You know, maybe depends on what part of Hollywood you live in, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, it's, um, it's, uh, he'd watched uh, Ring. Yeah. We yeah. Have, have the idea of um, just investigating the story. Too far. Just being in that place, you you're part, you become part of it and mm-hmm. you pass it on. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, you go sticking your snout into that story and you find out <laughs> the hard way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's what the story wants you to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, the, the whole movie has really appealed to me too, not in like a... Oh, that's cool, Whip, but I'm like, that's, it, I thought it was kind of an original thing. At least I haven't seen it before, but, like, it was freaking creepy because you see all these kids, like, handheld recording the murders of their families, and they're all titled something cute, like, <laughs> what is it, like, barbecue or whatever, and they're, yeah. like, being burned alive in their car. Yeah, fishing trip. Fishing Quality. trip. That's in the second one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fishing trip is the second one. Yeah. So is the home remodel or whatever, the kitchen remodel, where it's yeah. the, the kitchen's flooded. And, um, yeah, I think oh, yeah. I think I have power that. Or whatever. Um, I think I have that somewhere. Uh, but the lawnmower the one and the pool one in the first movie were like, mm. ooh, for <laughs> me. Yeah. Well done. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this had a budget of three million dollars, and the opening weekend made um, eighteen million and some change. Uh, the the gross this movie made was forty eight million uh, U S and Canada, and worldwide it totaled up at eighty two million. So, wow. well eighty two and a half million dollars. Now that tells you right there that people were wanting something like this. Mm-hmm. Other you know, or there hadn't been anything quite like this in a while, and people were ready to go out for it. And and that is something that I think we're in the middle of. You know, watching how the box office on Halloween Kills is going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, an hour and 50 minutes, Well, and that's the part that's tough on you. <laughs> I'm cutting out 20. Yep. Yeah, you I can... don't care if it doesn't make any sense. That could have been less films, the little Yeah. Or you're going to pay me 20 grand. He could have knocked grand for every minute it. after. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that was a good rate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a... Um, this is a, a heavy uh, supernatural sort of movie. It's, yeah. You know, the, the guy's a true crime writer, but he's not really thinking about supernatural when he's going into this. Mm-hmm. I think it does have a, a very, like, true crime feel to it. Like, I think also with, like, the home movies, it felt very, like, um, I don't know if any of y'all have watched Supernatural, like, the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I've not. But they, they, like, hunt monsters, <clears throat> right? And there's always this moment where they figure out what's going on, and then they run in just as, like, the possessed kid is about to kill his family, you know? Like, each little bit of it felt like that, and so it felt like this little, like, bite-sized crime thing that just goes wrong. Um, and because it's just, like, it's, there's, like, a demon, but it, it possesses the kids, it still felt to me very, like, a people-central thing, and that's why I was able to tolerate it, I think. Well, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> 
Um, I found the list of the uh, home movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Pool Party 66, mm-hmm. uh, which is filmed in Portland, Oregon. Um, that's the one where they have the cinder blocks as weights uh, tied to some ropes. And the whole family ends up drowning. Um, let's see, Barbecue 79, filmed in Sacramento. It uh, depicts all four members of the Martinez family at a lake near their home, having a barbecue picnic, and then the footage cuts to the family's garage at night, and three family members and one of the sons bound and gagged, locked in the car with cans of gasoline inside. And you can guess where it goes from there. Um, Carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, they they thought they were going to just, you know, really build certain expectations and then subvert them. And then they just got drowsy. Yeah. Kind of headachey and went to sleep. Yeah. Never woke up. Um... Of course, they uh, the ex- in the extended cut ending, the arsonist is revealed to be Daryl, who walks toward the camera as it uh, films the burning, and silently holds his index finger to his mouth like shh, and then vanishes. Let's see, Lawn Work '86. That's the one you mentioned before that uh, had the lawnmower killing. Um, there's extended cut ending where the assailant is. Uh, revealed to be Lana uh, dragging five garbage bags full of her family's shredded remains. Okay, so they just made each thing a little more gross. Um, Let's see, Sleepy Time 98. Uh, What do we got? Drinking glasses full of water that are tainted with some unknown substance. Um, Let's see, Family Hanging Out uh, 11, so 2011. Um, This is the hanging one. And then House Painting 12, of course, is this one, mm-hmm. where they're painting the house with blood. Yeah. So that's, um, that, that's what we got. Uh, You're going to have an awful fly problem Yeah. To paint the walls with blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you've got you to gotta look further down the road at this kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, here's an interesting thing about it. Um, in crafting a look for Bagul... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the writer Robert Cargill, or Cargill, uh, initially kept to the idea of a sinister Willy Wonka before realizing that audiences might find it silly and kill the potential for the film to be like a series, you know, like the next slasher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking for inspiration, he typed the word horror into Flickr and came up with 500,000 images, and he narrowed it down to 15. A photograph of a ghoul which was simply tagged Natalie and uh, he was struck by Natalie and what if it's just this guy and <laughs> he and Derrickson uh, contacted the photographer and purchased the rights for $500 and that's where they got the ghoul. I do really dislike both like the movie cover posters for Sinister 1 and 2. I like avoided watching the movie like I scrolled past it for a while because I thought that the cover was dumb. I also just care a lot about like the cover of things like if I have like a movie cover of a book I cannot read it oh really (laughs) like it has to be the original cover it can't be the movie cover that's pretty funny I (laughs) that's very common yeah we could not sell books with movie covers at the bookshop seriously like that put people off of it yeah put people off of it so many people would be like do you have this but without Ben Affleck on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not looking at the covers. It just feels cheaper. I don't know. 
especially if like the book came first and then there was a movie i'm like i'm not going to read a book that looks like it's based on a movie no you wouldn't want you wouldn't want a novelization as they were called well, back in the day, I, mean, I, I read them because they'd often be based off uh, an earlier draft of the script so that it would be different to the actual movie. Right. Yeah. Or, or they were movies you weren't allowed to watch. Yet. Yeah. And and also the author might elaborate on some of the things they couldn't yeah. do in the movie. Yeah, something that was either unfilmable or was shied away from for other reasons. Yeah. I mean, some, some really good writers would moonlight as, you know, under pseudonyms like... Um, uh, Ramsey Campbell did a few, and yeah. Dean Koontz did a few. Now, um, Will, you just recently watched Sinister 2. Yes, last night. Did you feel like you knew what was going on? Uh, more or less. Yeah, like, did you remember Sinister going into that one? I never saw Sinister. Oh, okay. So, I, I cut directly to the sequel. Wow. Um, oh, that gets my goat. So, so now, so that's so frustrating. It was, it was. Oh. Yeah, and it's one of my favorite things. Is just. Yeah. Why am I going to watch the first one? They made a better one. No, 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 no. no. And yeah. everything you learn in the first one is what drives the second one because the the main officer guy, the detective, he knows what's going on. So yeah. Oh, oh, you. Yeah, Amadeus too. <laughs> Amadeus too. Yeah, you know. The quickening. Yeah, Highlander too. Just yeah. Yeah, much better movies. Um, so I watched the second one also last night, and uh, I had not watched Sinister as recently. I had watched it, but not as recently, and I felt like this one could have been worse. Like Sinister Two could have been worse. Um, I, it wasn't that was as a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the poster. <laughs> it could be worse. Um, this one, it just felt to me like there were some contrivances that, uh, I don't know, the abusive ex, well, estranged husband character was very over the top. Uh, he could have just been creepy and not violent, and that would have probably worked better for me but uh, the storyline and i'll just read this real quick um in a farmhouse near a cornfield where ellison oswalt lived um is it oswalt or Oz- oswait oswalt oswalt because it says oswait in this somebody had to look at my keyboard is the i really near the l yes it is um <laughs> the boy the boy dylan has nightmares and is visited by ghostly children led by this boy milo Dylan lives with his mother, Courtney Collins, who has just left her abusive husband. And his brother, Zach, is forced by the ghost to go into the basement and watch home movies in Super 8. A family's being slaughtered. Ex-deputy so-and-so, I like how this person wrote this, ex-deputy so-and-so is investigating the crime spree of Bagul and uh, burning down the houses where the deceased families lived to protect other families. Now this makes sense, right? He's like, hey, if I get rid of the house, this can't happen to people. Um, so this uh, this synopsis goes on to say, um, burning down houses. Uh, he tell he he tells that that uh, he tells them that he is a private investigator, and protects her against a bluff of her ex-husband with the cops, you know, to uh, take um, custody of the children. Uh, then he begins a love affair with her. Meanwhile, Dylan tells uh, the ghost that he will not watch any more of the films, but Zach, who is 
the real choice of the ghosts uh, competes with him and replaces him. Uh, their father succeeds in getting a court order and custody of the children, and she's forced to go with them. So this is um, this is the whole thing where it's like you know it makes sense to me like this guy who's following along wants to burn the houses down so this doesn't happen to further people that that's cool it's like yeah the, but then we got this uh, two-dimensional character of the abusive ex-husband and then this uh, I don't think she'd be that quick to fall in love with this guy she just met and it just seemed a little wobbly as she far was on as the rebound. Yeah, maybe that explains it. The second movie Didn't felt think of that a lot rebound. like an epilogue to me instead of like a sequel. You know, it felt very like a, a short, like it, could, it continued. It could have been could have been 27 minutes. Yeah. And that would have been okay with you? Yeah. Well, I, I, I do like the second one too. Um, I felt like it continued it pretty well, but you're right. Like some of the characters are pretty flimsy and the drive, like the, what's pushing the... The like speed of the movie is a little weird occasionally because it like pauses for their romance, and then like speeds back up again. Um, yeah, I feel like it could have definitely been shorter, but I didn't mind it as a sequel, especially when some sequels are just terrible. You want to hear something cool? Mm. This was filmed in Kankakee, Illinois. So that's where uh, Grandpa used to take us fishing. Fishing trip. Fishing trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not even kidding. I've got pictures from Kankakee. Uh, yeah, so this one, um, you will not be surprised when I tell you this next part. Um, the budget was $10 million. And the opening weekend, it made just half a million more than that back. So $10 million, and change. Um, the gross for U.S. and Canada was $27 million, And the gross worldwide was $53.3 million. So it didn't make nearly the splash that the first one did, but it also didn't have... Uh, My man, Ethan Hawke. Uh, wasn't Skeet Ulrich? It was Ethan Hawke? I always get those two confused. My favorites. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So it didn't, it didn't have uh, Ethan Hawke in it. So, you know, maybe that tells you they could have spent a little more money on Ethan Hawke and gotten more... They could have saved a little bit of money with Skeet Ulrich. Bring in the Skeet. Yeah. I think the director of the first one was busy doing Doctor Strange, wasn't he? Is that what was going on? Uh, well, he did Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. Maybe he was busy at the time or was locked into some kind of contract. Um, yeah, the... Uh, I like that one. The private investigator guy, uh, the ex-cop or whatever he was, uh, doesn't he look a little like... He's sweet. Yeah, he's well, just a nice. He's just a good lad. Kind of dopey and innocent. Yeah. He looks startled all the time. That's the yeah, character yeah. he plays in everything I've seen him in, and that's a terrible typecast. I think like, it's just like his, to be like a just his brow. Actor. He's always just like what? what? Oh no! Oh no! Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's a nice guy. He looks worried and startled. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like someone's poking him in the back. Just a normal conversation. <laughs> he's t- <laughs> eyes darting around. Um, so he's the Manton Moreland of. Modern day, <laughs> the the wild oh, eyes. Oh man! Uh, I wanted to find uh, like the goofs, um, and and of course it says here trivia: the rural farmhouse and cornfield setting was chosen because Sinister Two is an homage to Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Uh, yeah. I could see that, I guess. Yeah, sure. I, well, the first one was The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah. Got The Shining, and then you got Children of the Corn. 
uh, goofs. Let's see, is there more than one goof, or is it just oh, one? Are we goof? just reading IMDb? Uh, yeah. Is that I'm, this episode? I'm heavily referring to IMDb this episode. Uh, if they didn't put sinister behind a paywall, why did she have the kids yell or? Why did she yell rutabaga when run is shorter? Well, yeah, because, like, when <laughs> she right. yells rutabaga... No, you, yell, you know that you're telling them to run. It's not, like, hidden. Yeah, I mean... It's it, not, like, a secret. Remember what we told you when we say rutabaga? Yeah, run. Just it's yell obvious. run, stupid. <laughs> it is exactly. kind of on the nose. Yeah, so they had a safe word, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I did like the whole cornfield bit at the end, though. I thought it was dynamic. I don't know. I liked Did looking like at it. you like it that it's cut like the face of Bagul? <laughs> Bagul. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, honestly, on the rewatch, it reminded me a lot of um, The End of a Quiet Place, um, the first one, because they have that business running around and there's like a whole parent situation um, and kids, you know, kids. I thought it was funny when the detective, detective... Old dep- <laughs> deputy's car came out of the cornfield and hit the kid with the camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the best yeah. part of the movie, I think. Oh, I laughed. <laughs> Not enough people hit enough kids with cars in movies. <clears throat> really don't. Like, why is that such a taboo? Oh, yeah. Kids falling down is always funny. Yeah. Kids falling down a hole, even funnier. <laughs> kid being oh. knocked into a hole by a speeding car. Hilarious. Ooh. There's something in the hole, right? Right. It's alligators. Mm. Now, that one was really remarkable. Oh, that was the other one I laughed <laughs> at really hard. Yeah. <laughs> the alligators were pretty funny. And they were, they were hanging, like, head down, weren't they? Yes, they uh-huh. were. <clears throat> or else they'd just be dead before the alligators got there. I remember watching that, and so my mind was occupied by, firstly, that little kid hung up all these, this family... Over I water. Other, I think the like the other ghost kids helped. I think that's the implication. Yeah. It was like a teamwork. Yeah. Situation. So so I was I was my mind was busy trying to figure yeah. out that, and then suddenly this CG croc comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you all seen Crawl? No. It's, it's like um, yeah. I freaking liked that movie. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. I was gonna like it. It's basically uh like fifty what fifty two fifty seven meters down fifty one what is the movie forty seven. Oh, trucker, forty-seven meters down, but with an alligator, and she's under a house. Oh, um, okay. And I, the the CGI gators or crocs or whatever they are, I don't know, could be both. They're pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought so. Yeah. But yeah, in this movie, it's kind of like, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I was wanting the kid to be like, yeah, let's watch another. <laughs> just to be different you know? mm-hmm. maybe he starts creeping out the ghost kids and yeah he seems I, a little weird <laughs> you watched the second one more recently than i did so correct me if i'm wrong but the like one of the plot twists is that like the ghosts were going for the other kid the whole time so they yeah. were like making him jealous and stuff mm-hmm. that was like a no shit moment for me too and i was like whoa but does that mean they have to go back and reshow all the movies to the kid they actually wanted Maybe it's like in the dreams or something. Maybe he also just knows. And they're all kind of like getting distracted and pacing around. Or maybe around. he's just angry enough that it doesn't matter. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Could be. <laughs> Kill him. The, the bit I liked from the second one was the gag with the, um, he's shining a torch or something and you see 
kids in the hall. Yeah, you just get a glimpse of shadows in the hall. Yeah, and, and he puts it down, and they're gone. He puts mm-hmm. back up, and you can see them. And then you get the jump scare, which... Yeah, that is done kind of a lot, though. But it gets me every time, every I, single I time. Liked, I like the, the torch effect, though. That yeah. was good. Yeah. Then wasn't... Wasn't the uh, rat under a pen in uh, in this one too? It kept shooting around. Yeah, it was the second one where he, he yeah. heats up a. Yeah, he puts a hot coal on top of a pan right. with a rat on your belly. Oh yeah, I know. I never liked that one. That one yeah. makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, that was that's too. A, that's an old classic. It's, yeah. It's a terrible thing. Whoever invented that, what? I don't think anyone ever really did it. You don't no. think so? Don't you don't know. think like I'm medieval sure times? They it. It's in Game of Thrones, so obviously it's true. No, obviously no. it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just like dragons. Yeah. Yeah, dragons are real. So, um, is the ending satisfying? I mean, every if how does this thing wrap up? It's you got the ghost kids kill you, the, the, Zach. The, the, yeah, the, the kid. Yeah. The kid basically turns to ash and dissolves. Uh-huh. Yeah, because on he, a film because he hasn't come through with the yeah yeah his, so his job yeah so but he got to burn up dad so yeah I was I, I knew that they had like a like a kill count situation like they had to kill somebody and I am glad it was the dad well, yeah, yeah that's why they made him an asshole mm-hmm. they made they made him so abhorrent that. Yes. I kind of, if it were the cop, though, the, like, goody-goody cop, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, like, sure, sorry, bro. Yeah, it could happen, you yeah, know. Yeah, if like, he, like, died saving them or whatever, right. sure. Yeah, so that that's, uh, yeah, you burn up the abusive guy and you get rid of the shitty kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty satisfying as endings go, right? I mean, it could be, again, yeah. it could always be worse. I think the 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 scares in the movie just like obliterated the ending for me because i i don't know i enjoyed the horror of it more than i did the like oh we're good now so it really was just about the ride yeah okay i think most sequels are yeah i think that's fair i don't think anybody is like i want to watch the sequel to see how they're going to set it up for the third one <laughs> and you know? unfortunately there's a lot of that going on these days with movies <laughs> Scream five, baby. Scream five. Setting up Scream six. I'm so excited. <laughs> did they did they find did they find a clever way to make the five one of the letters in Scream? No, they're just calling it Scream because yeah. I think people are gonna look at Scream five and be like, seriously. Right. They're it's, just calling it Scream, even though it's not a remake. It's like continuation. I don't know. Not like Scream. <laughs> I thought I like five Cream would be easy. <laughs> yeah, see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, five cream. <laughs> We're gonna go watch five cream. <laughs> it's a it's a porn parody of Scream. Yeah, like who's five? <laughs> you know, like Edward Penis hands. Jesus. It's a thing. Look it up. No, I'm not making it don't up. Look that I'm not gonna. Look I'm, not, I'm not saying. <laughs> I don't need Google it. That. I'm not Google saying that. At, at, I'm yeah. at the library it. or work. Yeah. Not at your home though. <laughs> Borrow your mom's phone mm-hmm. and look up Edward Penis hands. <laughs> Because it's a real thing. But ask her first. Yeah. Mom, I need to look up Edward Penis Hands on your phone. You're not ready for Edward Penis Hands. (laughs) (laughs) Watch Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, watch the third one, whatever it's called. It's got the teddy bear guys in it. (laughs) And the lightning dudes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, there you go. Um... So, you know, you got a little Children of the Corn rip-off mm-hmm. in it. So what? Uh, 
yeah, this was um, not the worst sequel I've ever watched. So <laughs> I, I will say, for people who like jump scares yeah. and ghost kids... That would be me. Well, not the ghost kids. I do like the jump scares, though. Yeah. Well, I'd say this is this is a sure, why not kind of recommend. <laughs> Doesn't everybody know by now, don't listen to ghost kids? Oh, they should know it. They should know. Yeah. Some of them are friendly. I don't think kids know. Name I think one friendly I, Casper. Casper is a good Okay, point. exception that proves the rule. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about the kid in the devil's backbone? He's kind of nice, isn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he helps people out, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, him and Casper. All right, so but that's just, it. Yeah, that's a short list. Six things. <laughs> anyway. Oh. He wasn't a ghost, was he? Oh, okay. There was a ghost kid in that. Yes, kid. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, what are you, what are your feelings on this one, Jolien? Uh, I blanked the second one completely. Um, apart from gag I mentioned, uh, <laughs> didn't land for me. And uh, the first one, uh, I found really scary up to a point, and then all the air went out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, once you figure out what's going on. Yeah. One, Basically, once the ghost kids turn up, it's like, all right, I got this. Because mm-hmm. um, there was such a feeling of dread, um, I thought he was going to kill his family. I thought so, too. I thought that's what yeah. he was building up to. So I was worried about the kids, and then all of a sudden, you're not. Yeah. Um, you're kind of resigned at the end. You're like, oh, he's going to die. But, uh, yeah, up to that point, I thought it was really well done. Uh, the cast was really good. Um very well shot although I was a little distracted by why don't they have lights in this house um yeah oh wait the first one has like kid in the box jump scare right mm-hmm. he's just having like a night terror and he ends up in the box yeah like, they, you know, box yeah they use him a couple of times so, you know it's one point he's in the bushes isn't he yeah but the box was I don't mm-hmm. like that yeah he like flops over backwards out of the box <laughs> it's very scary um, yeah, that that was that one was really good. I like the whole idea of him becoming part of the story and making it worse for everybody and becoming <laughs> the threat to his family. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I thought that was very well done. Yeah. So you got you got your good points and your bad points. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, quit trying to jump scare us so much. Just <laughs> creep us out, like uh, uh, Atorados, terrified. That movie was um, the Argentinian film. That was spooky as hell. Mm-hmm. And all they did was put a dead kid at a table. Yeah. That kid didn't have to do anything but sit there. He wasn't even a ghost kid. He was just a mm-hmm. dead kid. And what did he do? Knock over a glass of milk when you weren't looking? Yeah. That was it. Forget it. I'm done. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh, terrified. Yeah, my mm-hmm. house has lights in it. I'm turning all of them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to watch that movie. That's okay. a really good one. Um, Will, how about you? Terrified? Yeah, I recommend Terrified. <laughs> Sinister <What>? 2? <laughs> Not so much. Okay. Ziggy? Both oh, of yeah. them? Both of them? Yeah, I, yeah. Equally? No, the first one is definitely better. I think well, that watching the second one by itself is a crime. Yeah. But I didn't watch the first one, but I could tell that it was better than the second one. <laughs> I think that people that just watch the second one are bad people, fundamentally. Um, uh, <laughs> you have no sense of I morality. I going in blind and not knowing what I'm going to get. 
Yeah. Something that's already been out, but a little more watered down. Don't you have the t-shirt straight to the Ewok? Yeah, straight to the Ewok. Yeah. I want that shirt. (laughs) Because Ewoks are adorable. Made with the Ewoks already. Yeah. Great. Well, it sounds like uh, we're just, um, we're kind of... Yeah, I mean, it makes me excited for the new movie that Hawk's going to be in. Because he also, he, he has a he has a mask that looks creepy, but also reminded me of the, the demon in this movie. So I was oh, like, okay. ah, look at that. Well, there you go. Well, I can say for myself, I, I would say watch the first one. And uh, if you feel like it, go ahead and watch the second one. But don't, don't say it's because I told you to. <laughs> it's just, you know because i told you to yeah ma- yeah make up your own <laughs> mind or listen to ziggy but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you what to do uh anything else before we get out of here mm. should we tell the listeners what we're gonna watch next week halloween three halloween three the return of michael M- myers <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll watch two and three so i know what's going on because i haven't seen two i've seen one yeah and that's the, it <laughs> the connective the connective tissue between two and three is so important mm-hmm. just just like the friday the 13th pay close attention to two and then you'll understand what's going on in three okay okay <laughs> all right good well, to know cool well hey listeners thank you for listening stay off the moors bagool Bagool. <laughs> <laughs>